0: Oak Partners and SII are separate and unrelated companies, and SII Investments does not offer tax or legal advice. From Oak Partners Wealth and Retirement Planning Group, it's time for Making Finance Personal with your hosts, Mike Barancic, Jason Urbanek, and Steve Cavis. On today's show, we start things off with the opening bell, a lively debate over what's happening in the financial world right now. Then, if you are nearing retirement, our financial tool segment this week is for you. Don't miss these valuable insights coming up soon. Later in our answer segment, we answer actual questions that may be on your mind, too. Jason's Thought for the Week will round out the show with a helpful takeaway for you. I'm Amy from Oak Partners. Time to get this show started.
1: All right. Thanks, Amy. Welcome, everybody, to Making Finance Personal, the show where we understand that when it comes to your finances... It's always personal. I'm Steve Cavis, joined this week by Mario Ruiz. Hey, what's up? Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, glad to have you filling in for Mike Barancic, who is on vacation for what, the second time this year already, I think? I don't know. He's picked a good time to go on vacation when it's zero degrees outside. And as always, Jason Urbanek.
2: As always. If you want to get a hold of us, call us at 888-546-5115, 888-546-5115. And you know, another great thing we talk about for our listeners, if you want to get a hold of us or kind of look a little bit deeper, go in the weeds about Oak Partners and about this radio show, you can go to MFPShow.com. It's making finance personal, so MFPShow.com. Oh, stop mfpshow.com that's your one-stop shop to actually go to oakpartners.com our financial website you can go to itunes where we have a catalog of shows that we've been doing for years yeah go to
1: itunes you can download the podcast just search for making finance personal it's in the business section um, and you can listen to us at your leisure
2: Exactly, or so, just email
3: us at the show at oakpartners dot com. That's easy, right? Uh, you can email your questions there. You can also email show ideas. Uh, so you know, some of our shows were actually inspired by some of the emails we got.
2: Yeah, I feel like um, radio listeners are text and call in p- people still. You know, email would be so simple, wouldn't it? Just get the emails coming in, but um, text and phone calls are are probably the primary um, way we get things. So you can do either or, and also the eight 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 number of Monday through Friday. If you don't want to have your personal question aired on the show, you can call us Monday through Friday at that same number and we roll it over to our office. Uh, because again, we are Oak Partners. We've been serving Chicagoland for 23 years, managing money, um, retirees, income, uh, um, distribution, portfolio management.
1: Right. So, um, you know, we do have a show to do here, I think, today. And our, our trend actually for the last, uh, several weeks has been different, uh, periods in your, re- in your work life cycle. Uh, a few weeks ago, we did uh, millennials and people just entering the workforce and some tips for them. Uh, then we, we did a couple other shows about some other things, and then we did a show about um, the Gen Xers and the people sort of in the middle of their career and some tips for them, things that they should be thinking about. And you can get all these shows on iTunes. Um, you know, they're, they're, They'll be posted up there. And then this week, what we wanted to talk about was those that are actually getting almost – they can see the finish – they can see the end of the road here for their work life cycle. They're not retiring maybe tomorrow, but you're getting there. You're getting close to retiring. This so, might be the most important stage, too, right, guys? I mean,
3: when you get about five years out, ten years out, you really better start looking at things very closely.
2: This is where things get serious, right? Right. And it's, Real it's where,
1: you know, to steal, uh, or I'll give credit where credit's due. Prudential, has, you know, the insurance company has their retirement red zone, is what they call it. And it's the people that are getting getting close to retirement. So we wanted to give some tips uh, for that. So that's going to be coming up shortly when we get into our financial tool. But before we do that, you know, we like to start the show with some current news. So let's go ahead and get into our opening bell.
2: I mean, opening bell, guys, we talk about the economy where we stand right now in the markets. The markets have been doing well. You know we've 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 increased a little bit here. We've appreciated um, as we start this new year. But the story, and I told you before the show that we always have to mention it, but I'm kind of getting sick of talking about it. But it's oil, big news. I mean, oil is big news. Um, Greece is big news. Europe is big news. And those catalysts right there are, are going to determine which way the market goes on a given day.
1: Yeah. Well, let's talk about oil a little bit because uh, when the numbers came out on Thursday morning. Oil dropped because crude inventories rose again. Um, there's starting to be fears. And I like how they say fears. Everyone acts like low oil prices is such a bad thing. Um, I guess the bullish oil traders are fearful that we might have an oversupply issue um, because Saudi Arabia has maybe hinted that they're going to increase production. Um, It's building. Oil prices have come down. That
2: that should be a good thing for the economy, right, guys? I think um, it should be. We talk about it all the time as well. You know, low oil prices should be good for the economy, should be good at the gas pump. Uh, but again, I'm ready for things to stabilize a little bit. I know that we're. it's not going to happen right now. Of course, nobody has a crystal ball. You know, you um, – you would probably think that it's going to take six months um, to a year um, to get back, or maybe more, maybe two years to get back to where we need to be. And I think, where, where are you guys comfortable? I think eighty bucks. Yeah. You know, when I'm looking at energy holdings right now, for you know, let's just talk about my, me personally, not not clients, because you know we don't know who has what. But I want oil back to eighty bucks a barrel, eighty five, somewhere right around there.
1: Right, because you don't you don't drive much, and that's why you want
2: it. I understand. You're talking from the we're talking from, from the investment portfolio investment side, company, yeah, not the right. gas side, right? But if,
1: if you're not an energy company, low oil is great. But you have to understand it is supply and demand. And at a certain price point, you know those that are saying oil is going to be 10, 10 bucks a barrel, um, I don't really think that's feasible because the companies that are producing the oil and the countries that are producing the oil won't let that happen. They'll just cut back supply so that the demand brings the price right back up.
3: Yeah, I think a lot of companies, especially here in the U.S., when you talk about fracking and, and tar sand um, oil production a lot of companies would rather see it at about 70 dollars a barrel yeah but um you know enjoy filling your car up while you can
1: yeah enjoy it while it lasts i think uh you know most analysts that are polled think that we're going to be 60 80 bucks a barrel maybe even by the end of this year yeah um certainly going into next year so uh 100 120 dollars a barrel that's probably not very feasible long term because the the demand won't be there but 20 30 bucks a barrel that's not very feasible long term cuz the supply won't be there
2: yeah and if you look at leading indicators we just did a Um, an event for our clients, a kind of a kickoff report for economic indicators. And we we kind of dissected 2014 and went into 2015 a little bit a couple days ago. And, you know, guys, if you look at the leading indicators, we, we still are trending upwards, right? There still is a bullish sentiment about the market, although we have to deal with Europe and, you know, nobody's feeling Greece and we have to deal with oil, although all that's out there we still have a bullish sentiment right
3: yeah, now. Yeah, I just think there's not that many dark clouds on the horizon right That's now. That's right. So investors shouldn't be that worried because everything looks pretty positive.
1: Yeah, there was a great quote, and I can't remember who it was from. I think it was someone from J.P. Morgan Bank, um, but it was it was to the extent of – Long-term bull markets, you know, bull markets that are over four years long, they don't end just because people are bullish. They don't just they don't just end. They end when there is a a recession or a big negative uh, economic occurrence. And as Jason said, all the indicators right now are saying the economy is still fine. We're seeing some numbers that are not so good, some numbers that are good. Um, you know, auto sales have been good. The unemployment numbers were better than expected. Um, two hundred eighty-three thousand this week versus two hundred ninety-three thousand. Um, home sales are. The, they they're so-so but the general trend for the most part is positive on the economy so so goes the economy usually not always but usually the the markets will follow suit
2: so before we get into you know the actual meat of what we're going to talk about today um, Mario it's great to have you back how do you feel about this new setup here You've only done one, one of the show in this studio? Uh, I've been here a few times, but oh, yeah, uh,
3: it's great to be back. It's uh, there a lot of energy here, so uh, thanks for
2: having me, guys. Remember, well, it's your show, so you can come on any time you want. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're not just a guest here on the show. But uh, yeah, so I guess you know that's pretty much what's going on in the news, and we might as well get into the actual meat of the show, as Jason said, and, and start with our financial tool. All right, so for our financial tool this week, we wanted to talk about some financial planning and personal finance advice. And tips for those of you that are that can see the end the end is in sight when it comes to retirement
2: we don 't mean death right we don 't
1: mean death okay. we mean retirement, although some people would die if they did retire they 're so wrapped up in their jobs, and actually we 'll address that a little bit uh, as well, but you know maybe you 're five ten years out from retirement um, it 's not panic time just yet, but it 's definitely time to start getting your ducks in a row, start making the changes necessary, start doing the research. It's not just sock money away, keep it in growth mode, and and wait till retirement. Now it's time to actually start to take some action to prepare for that day when you do get to hang it up.
2: I am doing this right now with my dad. We're pre-retiring. I thought Um, you were
1: going to say for yourself. I'm going to be like, whoa, whoa, whoa!
2: (laughs) This will be my last show. Is that a new
1: is that a new phrase? We're (laughs) pre-retiring.
2: That's right. We are going through these steps with him right now. And Steve, you are right. We talked about millennials in the last couple weeks, and that's easy talk. That's get money working, compound, and you have time. For the market to do what it's going to do for now, the 50 plus that we're going to talk about today. Now it's time to get the pencil out and start dotting the I's and crossing the T's and talk about inflation and talk about returns, talk about distributions and talk about a whole lot more than just putting the money away and forgetting about it for a while. And we'll get into that. We have many, many um, facts here that I've been reading um, to maybe help those fifty plus, fifty five plus that are getting ready for retirement.
1: Right. So we do have a a commercial break coming up here pretty soon. But uh, when we get into the actual financial tool, the financial planning tips for the the pre-retiree, as Jason said, pre-retiring, we're going to talk about some things like how do you know when it's time to retire. You know, assessing your situation. What do you do with your debts? um, What new types of expenses do you have to worry about? How do you know how much money you're going to need? How do you change your investments? All the different things like that. We're going to talk about after. Dear Lord, yeah, lots of stuff, big show. So um, we've got Jason's thought for the week. Later, we are of course going to answer. A couple of listener questions in our listener feedback segment, Um, but immediately after the commercial break, we're going to get right into the meat here of some financial planning tips for those that are are nearing retirement here on Making Finance Personal. Give us a call, 888-546-5115.
0: Oak partners and SII are separate and unrelated companies. SII Investments does not offer tax or legal advice. Mike Morantzik, Jason Urbanik, and Steve Cavis are top wealth advisors and investment professionals of SII Investments Incorporated, member of FINRA and SIPC, as well as registered investment advisors. Back now to Making Finance Personal on AM560, The Answer.
1: Alright, welcome back to Making Finance Personal. If you would like to participate in our discussion, if you have a question you'd like to, uh, us to address, if you have a suggestion for us, you can always send us an email to theshow at oakpartners.com or give us a call at 888-546- Five one one five. All right. Before the break, we talked about Jason helping his dad as he's preparing for retirement. Um, I hope he. I hope when he retires, he decides to go with us as his financial planners. I, well, I heard he's shopping around. He's looking at a few
2: different options, but um, <laughs> I'm, you know, considering um, we're one of the best, options, right. I'm sure okay. he'll lean our way. But all but right, no, th- th- I'm glad you bring that up though, because he is exactly what we're talking about right now. He's he's. Um, I'm going with him next week, and we're going to sit down and, and um, you know, with his. Um, Company and with his providers and talk a little bit numbers about numbers. So he's right. What we're going to talk about today, and he's looking at Social Security. He's looking at um, pensions that he's going to receive. He's looking at lump sums that he might get. He's looking at the tax ramifications of retiring. Um, you know, my stepmom is still going to work, so we have to figure out taxes in the family. So yeah, that starts the conversation today. Exactly what he's doing. Exactly what millions of other people are doing right now. Right. Right. So the very first question that you have to ask
1: is, how do you know you're ready for retirement? Or how do you know, how do you set that date um, that, you know, pin on the calendar of this is the day I'm going to retire. And it's part of it's, you know... Uh, My dad hates da- working. Well, part of it's laying down on the psychiatrist's couch and talking about your feelings and are you mentally prepared to retire? Well, and, that's the thing.
3: And a and lot of people like think
1: it's just about the finances, but
3: a big part of retiring is psychological. Are you ready? Can yeah. And you sit there every day without doing what you did for the past 30 years.
2: Mario, I could tell you, and you know for sure, we've been sitting in these meetings for, you know, 14 years together, these client meetings. And it's not about the assets. Sometimes it, well, it's never about the assets. The assets are usually there. It's psychologically do these people really want to retire or not? Because ninety percent of the time, there's rare occasions where somebody's trying to retire too early without enough assets and want too much money, and we have to actually tell them save them from themselves. But most of the time, people have enough assets. Yeah, but they're, they're they just pretty don't realistic about
3: yet. their assets, but they just don't know if they can go.
2: Right. right. What are they going to do? Right. No, no hobbies.
1: And you know one of the ways that we help our clients at least figure out the you know the it's, it's part time counselor figuring out the uh, mental side and the emotional side of the retirement, but the the fiscal side um, we have software. Um, a lot of good, most good, any good financial planner should have some kind of software, some program where they can actually put together some projections and enter your, your budget and and help you figure out that. Yes, you do have enough money to live on in retirement or no, you need to save a little bit more uh, or spend a little bit less. And now is the time to start doing that when you're five to 10 years out, because if you need to, if your options are work longer or save a little bit more for the time that you plan on working, then at least you'll have some flexibility versus, okay, I want to retire now um, or I am retired here's my money. What can I get? And we say, oh, you don't have enough. So start now when you're five, 10 years out, and then you can update the plan uh, over time and make sure that the financial aspect at least is all set up before you do retire.
2: All right. So let's play a game. Let's, let's, let's imagine that everybody's psychologically ready to retire. So let's don't, let's don't turn this into a Dr. Phil show. Um, You are ready to retire. So let's talk about maybe some tips or something for the 55-plus-year-old that's going to retire as far as financially goes. Um, Steve, what what are some tips they can do, and what are they supposed to be looking at right now?
1: All right. Well, the first thing that you want to do is start cutting back expenses. And the biggest expense that you're likely going to have – well, that's actually a trick question. The biggest expense you're going to have in retirement is taxes. That People don't realize that. But the biggest expense that you think that you have uh, is your mortgage. Yeah. So if you can pay off your mortgage by the time you retire uh, – that is absolutely a great thing to do because it's a huge expense. If you can get that weight off your shoulder, it can just it can p- take a lot of the pressure off your portfolio, especially um, if we see you know depending on the market conditions going forward.
3: There's a caveat to that, to that though, Steve. Do you really want people paying off their mortgage with their 401k assets? No, their absolutely IRA not. Assets? Right. So a lot of people will say, should I take out sixty thousand dollars from my 401k to pay off my mortgage before I retire? And nine times out of ten, that answer is no.
2: So Mario makes a great point. It's, you guys were a hybrid of the point I was going to make. So the first thing we're going to do is assess whether you're financially ready to retire. And what Steve said is absolutely right. But here's, here's something that we, we see sometimes, which is a red flag. It's happened a couple times in my career. Somebody retires, you got all your money set, you got the portfolio set, you're starting to take income, and then all of a sudden, after you retired, you feel the need to pull your money out of your IRA to start paying down debt. Okay, so you're doing it after you retire. If you can pay down these debts while you're still working, you know, get the college loans out of the way. If you can get the mortgage paid down where you want it, if you can, because waiting till you retire, all you're doing is pulling money out, paying taxes to pay all this off at that point.
1: Yeah, maybe, you know, picking up a second job or working some extra overtime or just cutting back on the vacations and and the other money that you're spending and direct that towards getting your debts paid off so that you can retire debt-free will make your retirement a lot easier because then you'll know your expenses or your expenses will be much lower um, if you can have all of your debts out of there. Because you know, if, if the market has a big correction after you retire, like people that retired in 2006, 2007, 2008, um, their retirement portfolios took a significant hit. So you might be planning income based off of one portfolio and – end up having to take income based off of a whole other portfolio because the market dictates that.
3: Yeah, but you should also look at interest rates right now, too. I mean, we're at historical low levels. Um, This isn't like 10 years ago when you might pay 7% for a car loan. Right now, people are getting 0% car loans. So is there really a need to hustle and pay off a 0% loan or even a 3% mortgage? before, um, you know, t- so that you can retire.
2: Yeah. So, okay. So that's, that's a good point as well. So you got to look at that stuff. So when you're, when you're assessing whether you're financial ready to retire tomorrow, that's part of it. The debt, look at the debt, like we talked about. Um, you got to look at your everyday expenses going into retirement. Does anything need to be cut back? And that's part of the debt reduction process. And then how about a second job? Um, you know, these are all for, we'll, we'll, next segment. We'll get a little bit deeper into, um, the countdown to retirement, but right now some simplistic things, are you going to have a hobby at retirement? Do you need another job? Financially, do you need another job?
3: I'm amazed by how many people that come into our office planning to retire say that they might go back to work. They just don't want to do what they're doing right now, but they have no problem with working somewhere and just not being tied to it, you know, working on their terms a little bit more.
1: All right. We have, a, we have a client who retired as a teacher. And moved to Florida to drive a tram around Disney World because that's what he wanted to do. He wanted to work for Disney, um, and retirement allowed him to do that. He doesn't really need the money from his part-time job, but he gets the enjoyment and gets him out of the house. And, you know, it's it's a big culture shock to go from getting up every day and going to work to not having to do anything.
2: That's right. So... Those are some good things to look at financially when you're assessing your financial situation. And one more um, you know, red flag that I, I, I've seen a few times that we can throw out to the airwaves, and this is, very, this is not brain surgery here, but um, it happens all the time. When you're working in your particular job, you're making an income, you know you have that nest egg built up in the 401K or the pension. You know that, um, but you know you can't touch it. Sometimes when people retire, um, family members come out of the woodwork, And once you get that lump sum of money, it almost feels like you've won the lottery. And again, it goes along with what I said before about taxes and pulling money out of your IRA and what Steve said about ruining your distribution by taking too much out of your retirement. You know, we're trying to sustain this portfolio for many, many years uh, based on your longevity and get you nice distributions. And if you're lending money to your brother for housing projects, housing flipping projects, and you don't get that money back, that's definitely going to hurt your retirement.
1: Right. Yeah. Don't look at your 401k or your IRA as a savings account balance that can be drawn down on Look at it as your income source, um, and don't don't think about it as this is how much I have saved. Think about it as this is how much income is being generated by my portfolio, and anything that I take from that portfolio is going to lower the amount of income I can generate. So if you have to look at it that way. Otherwise, Jason, like you said, we've run into, unfortunately, a couple of sad cases where clients literally acted like they won the lottery and just started withdrawing massive amounts of money, paying or, huge or taxes. It, or they thought it was an account to start businesses with.
3: And I don't know if that's really where you want to go for business capital because if you get it wrong, not all
1: businesses work. If you get it wrong, guess who's going back to work? Right, you, and maybe you know you probably won 't have that good job waiting for you when you get back, um, all right, so something else that you need to start thinking about here uh, before we get to the break is some of your new expenses. you know you might have to pay for uh, health insurance out of pocket depending on the age that you retire. you might even if you get uh, medicare Medicare supplement, so a lot of people think that their expenses go way down in retirement and especially early on in retirement they really don't go down by that much. You better
2: have a health insurance plan. That's a great point, Steve.
1: Right. And just really have a have a understand that you're probably going to be doing a lot. You're going to be active. Maybe you're going to be eating out more. So don't just think that you need nothing to live on in retirement. Uh, so then your expenses are going to go way down. So we do have to take another quick break. Um, we'll continue the conversation here when we get back after this break.
2: This is making finance personal.
0: partners and SII are separate and unrelated companies. SII Investments does not offer tax or legal advice. Mike Morantik, Jason Urbanik, and Steve Cavis are top wealth advisors and investment professionals of SII Investments Incorporated, member FINRA and SIPC, as well as registered investment advisors. Back now to making finance personal on AM560, The Answer.
1: Okay, welcome back to the show. If you'd like to participate, give us a call, 888-546-5115. Um, if you have a question that is a question that we think a lot of people might have or might want to ask, then we can actually discuss it in our next segment, which is the listener feedback segment. And if it's one that's maybe more personal in nature, we can get back to you privately um, and try to help you out. Or if you're listening and saying, hey, this is great, guys, but uh, I'm in my 40s
3: or 30s and I'm not really ready to retire, you can go back and listen to our older shows that might hit your age bracket on iTunes or on the MFP MFPShow.com yep.
1: MFP com, or just search for Making Finance Personal on iTunes. All right, so before the break, we were talking about getting your ducks in a row as far as paying off debts, um, realizing that you're going to have, figuring out your budget, things like that uh, as you start to get ready for retirement. Now, Mario Jason you guys are in your early 40s um, and you very have your, early and you have your portf- not that early 40s um, you have your portfolio set up a certain way if you were 10 or 12 years older um, would your portfolio still look the same way as it does now no we, basically when, when you get to this age you have to start looking at
3: retirement and your financial your other financial goals and you have to start dialing back the risk especially when you're in your 50s we just sat down with a couple uh, last week And they're four years out from retirement, and their portfolio is almost all growth at this point. So we told them, you know, maybe not at this moment, but real soon, we're going to have to start changing the investment mix.
1: Yeah, and this is the importance of planning over the long term because, unfortunately, we run into people once in a while that are sort of behind the eight ball, and they say, okay, well, I'm 55 or I'm 58, I've got to be as aggressive as I possibly can to try to just make as much money as I can so that I can afford to retire in two years when I want to retire.
2: That's called gambling.
1: Yeah, that doesn't work because what if we see a big correction again and you're ultra aggressive? By the time you're in your mid-50s, most of your saving for retirement should be done. So you should actually start to transition to income-producing, um, more conservative investments.
3: Yeah, in our business, we break that down for our clients as the accumulation phase, which is what you do um, through most of your working life, probably from your 20s to mid-50s. And then once you get to that age, you start going to what we tell our clients is the distribution phase. So you start picking up investments that pay dividends that have more of an income focus, that have more of a preservation of principal focus. You add
2: the safety nets as you get older is what what everybody's trying to say here is because, you know, as somebody our age, we don't have safety nets on our portfolios. We can actually withstand a long-term downturn. But when 55 and up, um, we start adding hedging and safety nets into the portfolios just for protection.
1: Right. And when you switch from the accumulation phase to the distribution phase, oftentimes – that's when you're switching advisors, especially if you have a 401k. Um, you know Your 401k company is great for putting money away every month and, and, and investing it for growth. But when it's time to actually retire and actually as you're getting close to retiring, you want to work with someone probably who's local, who you can sit down because this is a relationship business and you want to be able to have a heart-to-heart discussion with your advisor and you want someone local who understands distribution and uh, you know retirement. And a great way to do that and a lot of companies will even allow this is something that's called an in-service rollover, where you can actually test drive a financial advisor before you retire and say, OK, well, here's here's 10 percent of my portfolio. Um, I can pull it out of my 401k while I'm still with my employer. Um Give me a mock retirement portfolio so I can see how this is going to work and see if the relationship is going to work out, um, so that it's not you know like a blind date when you retire. And, and not all companies, all
2: not all companies offer this. Well, you know so what? You it's becoming
1: more common, especially for people that are over sixty
3: already and still working. But a lot of companies will allow that in their with people in their fifties and some even younger than that. So talk to your HR person, and that's a great that's great advice, Steve.
2: Yeah. All right so okay so let's get back to the 55 plus so if you can't do an in service you check with your HR if you can that that is a great way to of get the ball rolling. But when, when you're talking about the preliminary steps to retirement, you're talking about portfolio transition like we talked about. You're also talking about bringing in some of the ancillary um, topics and decisions you're going to have to make, like number one, Social Security. Do I take it at 62? Do I take it at full retirement age? Do I need it now? Um, the tax ramifications, um, you're going to have to look at Medicare supplements, right? Med subs, health insurance. Those are two of the not fun, Social Security and, and health insurance, you have to look at
1: life insurance long term care insurance right. there's a lot of insurance that maybe you didn't even think about when you were working um especially if you had a group life insurance policy with your employer well that usually ends when you're in When your employment ends, and maybe you don't have an insurable need anymore, but maybe you do still have a a mortgage or something like that that you need to have some life insurance to protect uh, to pay off the mortgage if something happens to you, or the long term care insurance. Statistically, about half of uh, baby boomers are going to need some type of long term care. So, long term care insurance is something that has become a lot more popular in the last five to seven years. And really, you
3: guys hit the nail on the head, and we probably should go back to the point that you have to look at your health insurance costs before you even think about retiring. Does your company offer health insurance to retirees? Um, Are you going to qualify to go on the Affordable Care Act? So there's some research that you have to do in that department.
2: Now, um, let me sum this up real quick here. We have a, a plan, a software plan that we do for all our retirees that takes in consideration budgets, takes in consideration portfolio, potential returns potential disasters in the market social security life insurance we plug it all in and boom comes out whether you're going to be okay whether you're not going to be okay what tweaks we can make to the portfolio to make you okay so all this summed up into one software program we can do for our clients
1: all right well we do have to take another commercial break Uh, when we get back we will answer a couple of listener questions in our answer segment of the show right back
0: Oak Partners and SII are separate and unrelated companies. SII Investments does not offer tax or legal advice. Mike Morantic, Jason Urbanik, and Steve Cavis are top wealth advisors and investment professionals of SII Investments, Incorporated, member FINRA and SIPC, as well as registered investment advisors. Back now to making finance personal on AM560. The Answer.
1: Okay, welcome back to Making Finance Personal. Um, We just wrapped up our discussion on the tips for people who are starting to get close to retirement, maybe five or ten years out things that you need to do um, to to prepare yourself for retirement. So if you're just uh, joining us now and you want to hear our discussion, you can always go to iTunes, um, search for Making Finance Personal. You can download the podcast or go to MFPShow.com and uh, you can listen to the entire show um, there.
2: Of course, we painted br- with broad strokes, right? I mean, there's a lot of detail that goes into retirement, a lot of detail that goes into your finances, your portfolio management, debt, and everything we talked about. So um, Steve's absolutely right. For specifics on your situation um, it's going to take long a lot longer than an hour radio show so give us a call
1: right um, so this segment is our answer segment if you have a question you'd like us to answer you can email us at the show at oakpartners.com or call us at 888-546-5115 and leave us a voicemail uh, with that being said dan what is our first question
2: first question comes from alex he lives over in tinley park he says i'm 37 with a wife and three kids my insurance agent says I should stop putting as much money into my four hundred one k and start funding a life insurance policy instead. Does that make sense? Um, well,
1: you know, without knowing all of your details, it's hard to give a, an answer for sure. But um, I can take a couple things away from what I heard in that question. Your life insurance agent said. You should put all your money into life insurance. That's probably the first red flag there. I can't um, believe you say that. Yeah, if and, and and you can't blame the life insurance agent. It, you know, different people in this in this industry or the financial services industry have different licenses and different qualifications. You know, we have our all of our securities licenses and our insurance licenses, and I have my Certified Financial Planner designation. Jason has his uh, accredited investment fiduciary and AIF we are an independent
2: firm with no proprietary products, which is um, that's a. You we have nothing to sell right. that says our name on it. Yep. so we're
1: unbiased. And would we tell someone there's no reason to save into a 401k or an IRA and put it all into life insurance, uh, I can't off the top of my head think of a situation where we would say that's a good idea.
3: Yeah, I think anytime someone has a product, this is the Swiss army knife of financial products, then you have to be a little weary and uh, possibly uh, think that maybe that's all they can use.
2: We need more information. If Alex there is making a ton of money – um, and maxing out his 401k and blah, blah, blah. You know, there, there might be a situation where that might work, but generally speaking for the average Joe, um, yeah. How could you not contribute to your 401k and get the match?
1: Yeah. That's a good point, Jason. Um, you know, we definitely like, you know, if you get a match from your company contributing that maybe beyond the match, just maxing out your 401k contributions, especially if you're in a high income bracket, you know, also make sure you've got your slush fund set aside after that, after those two things are satisfied, then you can start to think about some of the advantages of a cash accumulation life insurance policy where maybe if you want to retire early, you can access those funds early. Um, You can have a death benefit and grow the money at the same time. And there are some different benefits to, to those policies for sure. So we like using them in certain situations as a supplement to the other things, but never instead of putting money away in a 401k. All
2: right. What's next? All right. To be honest, uh, most of our questions this week were kind of weak, so I'm going to ask you a question. (laughs) All right. right. Thanks for the honesty. (laughs) Hey, you guys invest money for a living. How do you know what stocks to invest in? That's what I've always wondered.
1: Ah, well, we we actually have a crystal ball that once you pass your Series 7 license, they – FINRA issues you a crystal ball. It's actually software. It tells you what's going to work. No, I'm of course being facetious. But, you know, there's a lot of things uh, that go into trying to pick a stock. And, you know, the first thing that we look at is the objectives of the client. Are they looking for income? Well, in that case, we maybe would uh, gear towards a dividend-paying stock. Are they looking for growth? Then we look at growth potential. But, you know, Jason, you know that there's different ways to analyze stocks um, to try to Get appreciation out of them.
2: Yeah, as a financial planner, it's a little bit different than a trader. You know what I mean? You, you're you looking at the technicals of a stock. You're looking at relative strength. Is it is it beat up? Is it um, too high? You're looking at um, P.E. ratios. But then fundamentally, you're looking at sectors. Um, we know – and everybody knows that the energy sector is a little bit beat up. So if you could find a, a very um, blue chip holding that is beat up and the relative strength is very low for no reason, paying a good, um, you know, has a good business model, has revenue, and it's just beat up, and you know, basic, basically the baby got thrown out with the bathwater. Then they, you know.
1: Yeah, and of course, you know, we we can't give advice on the air as to what we think is a good stock or not a good stock or a good sector or not a good sector, um, you know, but we can speak in, in generalities and say, you know, like Jason mentioned, things like the P.E. ratio, the price-to-earnings ratio. Is it in line with other – companies in the stock market and other companies in the sector. That might be one, uh, one thing that would show value. Um, what has the trend been? Have they been beating their earnings consistently? Have they been, um, have they been growing their dividend every single year for a number of years? So there's a lot of different factors that we compile all into one basically analysis and then decide um, whether we think a, a given stock is a good buyer or not.
2: Yeah. What's the market cap of the company? What's the float? How many shares they have out there? All that matters. And mo- mostly when you're talking as financial planners, we're dealing with big blue chip companies. You know, we, we deal with retirees and distribution and income. We're not traders. So we're going to stay with the big boys usually. So there's a lot of data out there and a lot of technicals to research uh, what we might use.
3: Yeah. So in general, I think it's important that especially investing money for retirees, <clears throat> that we pick companies that have a track record, that make money, that people have heard of, We're not really out there for the startup company that may or may not do this or that. We want companies that are more well-established.
1: Right, and if we do want to speculate on a startup or something like that, we generally make sure the client understands, you know, small portion and that this is basically a gamble. Um, This is not necessarily an investment. So, um, you know, good question, Dan, you know, because people wonder, you know, do we just throw darts at a board or something like that. So um, we are going to wrap the show up with Jason Stott for the week right after the break here. If you have a question, give us a call, 888
0: Oak Partners and SII are separate and unrelated companies. SII Investments does not offer tax or legal advice. Mike Barancic, Jason Urbanic, and Steve Cavis are top wealth advisors and investment professionals of SII Investments Incorporated, member FINRA and SIPC, as well as registered investment advisors. Back now to making finance personal on AM560, The Answer.
1: All right. Well, if you're just joining us, we talked today about Retirement planning, or getting ready for retirement when you're five, ten years out, so you're you're established. You've you you're with the company. You're thinking about retirement, um, or you should be thinking about retirement, and, and some of the tips and uh, advice for what you need to do to prepare for that. And of course, the most important thing I would say, if you're five, ten years out from retirement, uh, if you haven't sat down with a financial advisor yet now is certainly the time to get started and get that relationship developed. Um, and, you know, if, if you don't have one, if you're looking for one, who better than our firm, right, Jay?
2: Yeah, Oak well, Partners, we, again, we've been around 23 years doing this in Chicagoland, and, you know, retirement is our game. That's what we do. You know, we manage just under a billion dollars, and we it literally is primarily probably 90%, 80% somewhere in their retirees. So um, we're experts at portfolio management, distribution, um, we, we like dividends in our portfolios, you know, we're not, um, we're not shooting for the, over the fence, right guys? Yeah, we're, we're not,
1: we're not telling someone to put all their money into a life insurance policy and, and ignore all the other <laughs> savings. We actually no, have a holistic that. approach, um, where we look at all of the different aspects and different, uh, and because we're licensed in, in many different, uh, uh investment types that we can, we can actually build a diversified portfolio. Yeah,
3: and we are focused on keeping the cost low of a portfolio. We're one of the few financial planning firms that I know of around here that actually use a lot of individual stocks to keep that cost low. Um, Other advisors in the area will use uh, different investment products that have their own management fee, and then they'll slap their management fee on top of that to give you two layers of fees where we pride ourselves in going out, doing our own research, picking our own individual stocks, which are free to own, so basically all you're paying is the advisor yeah you're
1: paying for advice which is what you should be paying for you know or mario like they say there's you know they'll tell you there is no fee they'll sell you some life insurance product or some uh, fixed annuity or something and say oh there's no cost to this at all there's always a cost so if someone's telling you there is no cost then i probably would walk out the door at that point and, and find somebody who's a little bit more honest so with that jason what's our thought for the week
2: on today's start of the Week, making mistakes with your money during retirement should not happen often if you work with a quality financial advisor who cares. See, over my years in the business, I've learned that clients need honesty and tough love every so often. A quality retirement starts with a safe, consistently built portfolio and a real distribution plan. Every time I meet with my clients, my job is to analyze the plan to make sure it's working accordingly. See, if the market went straight up, we wouldn't worry about taking lump sums out of your portfolio, but as we know... Retirees need income even when the market is going down. So sticking to a distribution plan can dramatically stabilize and extend one's income during retirement. Remember, retirement income distribution is a science. It's not your slush fund.
1: Great thought, Jason. Have a plan and find a good quality financial planner that can help you build that plan. Our show, Making Finance Personal, is on AM 560, Sundays at 3 p.m., each and every Sunday at 3 p.m., here to give you advice on planning for the retirement that you've always dreamed about. So for our production crew, Dan and Seth, my partners Mario Ruiz and Jason Urbanic, I'm Steve Cavis, reminding you that when it comes to your finances, it's always personal.
0: Today's broadcast of Making Finance Personal was presented by the Oak Partners Wealth and Retirement Planning Group, serving Chicagoland for over 21 years. Mike Barantzik, Jason Urbanik, and Steve Kavis are wealth advisors and investment professionals of SII Investments Incorporated, member FINRA and SIPC, as well as registered investment advisors. Oak Partners and SII are separate and unrelated companies. SII Investments does not offer tax or legal advice. Your hosts can be reached at 888-546-5115 or online at mfpshow.com. You can email the show at this show at oakpartners.com. Be sure to tune into Making Finance Personal each and every Sunday afternoon at 3 on AM560. The Answer.